Welcome back to the Fifth and Long Podcast, presented to you by Patrick Demar and Paul Kashak, the commission himself. Real quick, before we start the main segment of our show, here's five things from this week in sports that I'd like to touch on. Number one, Bill Belichick. Now doubling up on interviews with the Atlanta Falcons. Is he practically already the coach of the Falcons? I don't know. Could be. Um, it doesn't seem like he's interested in anywhere else at this point for one reason or another. And for some, that's a shock for myself. I'm not that surprised by it. Atlanta, outside of the quarterback position, probably has the best overall roster at Bill's disposal. They've got a lot of salary cap space, so he's not going to be handcuffed in that regard like he would be with the Chargers, per se. So I kind of see him landing with the Falcons at this point. We'll see if it actually shakes out that way. Also in the NFL head coaching ranks, Mike McCarthy officially will be sticking around with the Dallas Cowboys in 2024. Still no word on Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. And honestly, at this point, if nothing's been announced, you can pretty much bank on Sirianni returning to Philly next year. This isn't uh, breaking news, by the way, or anything like that. I'm not breaking a story to you. This is just my take on the situation. We saw the same kind of lull between the last moments of Dallas's season and the announcement that Mike McCarthy would be returning for 2024 with the Cowboys. We're seeing similar things transpire here with the Eagles. I think they want to give Sirianni a chance to run it back next year. However, I would say there's a chance maybe they move off of some coordinators, make some different coaching changes um, with their staff in certain areas. Something else I was looking for, looking at in the in the coaching ranks between the NFL and college. Kalen DeBoer, now the head coach at the University of Alabama. He'll be taking things over for the Crimson Tide for the next year. When that move was announced, a ton of Alabama players hit the transfer portal almost immediately after. Um, some of those guys have found homes since then. Some of those guys are, are still entering the transfer portal, still kind of in that process. The one guy that has yet to move off of uh, Alabama's roster or, or announce that he's transferring is Jalen Milrow. And considering DeBoer brought a pretty good quarterback with him from Washington to Alabama, who he acquired through the transfer portal, I'm surprised that Milrow didn't almost immediately afterwards make the same decision. Um, is he going to stick around in Bama? Is he going to fight for the job? He might. He might. He could. Or is he going to land somewhere else? I don't know. Time will tell. Um, however, this is a guy that was one of the key pieces of, of the 2023 football season uh, in the college ranks, and I'm going to be keeping tabs on, on where he's playing his football next year. Um, if he's sticking around in Alabama, he's, he's going to have a quarterback competition ahead of him, that's for sure. Antonio Pierce, officially named the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. That news has been announced as of today, Friday afternoon. So stoked for Coach Pierce. Uh, this is a position he definitely deserves, and, and it was a move I was calling for in Paul and I's coaching carousel podcast. Um, the players in the in the Raiders building were asking for it as well. Max Crosby threatened to request a trade if Pierce wasn't named the head coach. So credit to Crosby for, for having the balls to go to ownership with something like that, and credit to the Raiders for making the right move on this. I, I think they got their guy. I love Pierce in that role, and I'm excited to see uh, what the Raiders look like next season. Number five, the last note that I have for you today before we dive into our main segment, the Boston Celtics currently, 
not only are, are the best team in the NBA records-wise, not only are blowing the doors off of the other teams in net rating, other advanced metrics as well, they have a 20-0 and start to the season at home. 20-0 and at home in the Garden. That's crazy. And tonight might, might be the night that that streak ends. They're facing the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions. The spread right now is 7.5. There's a chance that the Nuggets will be without Aaron Gordon in this game. He's been dealing with an injury. He's going to be a game-time decision. This is a huge game for the Celtics. I, th- I think it's a real test, okay? I think it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. It's going to be an awesome environment. Appointment viewing, if you're an NBA fan. You have to tune into this one. Whether or not the streak translates to postseason success, postseason success, I'm not sure. Um, if you look at some of the teams that have the best single season records at home. Obviously they have some pretty good success in the postseason, but we still have plenty of season between uh, us and the end of the year before we can really make any predictions as far as that goes. I'll just say this in terms of mentality wise, what the Celtics are doing and, and the weapons that they have at their disposal, not just offensively, but defensively as well. This is the most complete and most talented Celtics team I've seen in my lifetime. And I, I feel a little silly for saying it because I felt the same way last year and they didn't end up winning anything. But they came close. They came within a game of uh, the NBA Finals. And I think they're going to be right there at it at the very end of the year again this year, depending on how things shake out, depending on who some playoff matchups are down the stretch. But if this home streak is as real as it seems like it could be, a one seed for the Celtics is crucial so you got to keep winning games right you, you got to hold on to that one seed and retain it so that come playoff time the advantage is fully present for you in big games against Miami against Philly against Milwaukee even against like the Knicks even you know so maybe even the Pacers after making that trade for for Pascal Siakam uh this week really excited for the Celtics game tonight. I'll be tuning in. Hope you are as well. But without further ado, I will give way to the commish, Mr. Paul Kashak, and myself breaking down the NFL divisional playoff rounds. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks again, folks. All right, let's move on to predictions for this coming weekend, the divisional rounds. Which, okay. Actually, I want, to do, I want to do an exercise with this. If Houston wins this game against Baltimore, C.J. Stroud will have more playoff victories in his rookie season than Lamar Jackson has in his career. This is, this is true. A, is this a must-win game for Lamar Jackson? Oh, absolutely. You talk about where's the pressure – like what side is the pressure on in this game? It is squarely on Baltimore, 100%. Uh, you talked about it earlier. Houston's playing with house money here. Um, Stroud's already won a playoff game this year. People didn't even expect the Texans to get there. Um, and, you know, they've already exceeded expectations by getting to the playoffs. Now they, they win a playoff game. Nobody's expecting them to win. They're nine-point dogs in this game. I mean, there's so much pressure on Lamar Jackson, man. They did play against the Ravens week one. They lost 25 to nine. Mm-hmm. That was Stroud's debut. Obviously. Stroud's first NFL start. Yep. Um, in that game, Stroud 
he was okay. 28 of 44, 242 yards, no touchdowns. He did some things. He didn't throw any picks, but mm-hmm. they were playing against a much, much better team. And that was his first start. But I will say there's something poetic to him having started his career against this team. And now he gets an opportunity to face them in the playoffs. It's like a true barometer of growth from the first time you saw him this year until potentially the last this season as well. Um, Similar to how we did this last week, if you had to give Houston a percentage chance between zero and 100 of advancing past this game, what would you say? The spread is, is minus nine right now. I am going to catch a lot of flack from oh, my, man. my Baltimore fans. I give Houston a 50% chance to win this game. I think 50%. it's a true 50%. I give them a true coin flip. Um, it has to do with how CJ Stroud's playing. Uh, Baltimore's a better defense than Cleveland, but Cleveland was a very good defense. Uh, we talked about that going into last week and Stroud carved him up. So I'm giving Stroud and the Texans every bit of chance. And also I, I'd love to see what that Texans defense looks like against Lamar Jackson. I think the keys to the game are, are similar to what, how Houston won against Cleveland. Let's see if Will Anderson and the boys can get pressure on Lamar, get him on the run, um, get him feeling uncomfortable. And then, can Shroud and the Texans hit multiple 20 plus yard pass plays down the field? I think it's going to be a little bit of a taller task with that Ravens secondary, like Sakaio Hamilton um, and everybody back there. But if Stroud can get, you know, like I said, three, four, or five, you know, 20 plus yard plays where they're not having to just methodically move the ball and Anderson and, and company can get pressure on Lamar. Yeah, absolutely. I give them a 50% chance to win this game. I, I don't think you're far off. I don't think it should be at 50%. I think it should be at like 40-ish, 45, maybe. Okay, Um, so kind of splitting hairs there. You're not too far off of me. I think there's merit to the argument that Houston can win this game. But also, I will say that the difference between Cleveland's defense this past week and Baltimore's defense is that Baltimore's defense is healthy and well-rested, having essentially two weeks off, including the bye and resting their starters week 18. Cleveland's was not healthy. They were not. (laughs) And Baltimore has 100% the best defense in the league. And just going back to how they shut down San Francisco's skill position players, it's not like Houston has Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel to throw to. We talked about it earlier. He's got Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins and maybe Noah Brown if he's playing. Otherwise, it's John Michi the third and Robert Woods. And I know Devin Singletary's had some big moments for him, but I don't know if this I think if they win this game, it will be more reflective of Lamar's struggles in the game itself rather than Stroud playing well. Like I think Stroud will play well. But I don't think this is going to be another game where you see him have like a borderline perfect half and go without an interception. I think there may be one pick that you see in there that he'll have to get through and overcome and and like mentally wipe. And it might be a situation where it comes down to the last possession of the game or so. And he's got to lead his team down the field or it could be vice versa where you're in that situation. It's a tie game or something like that. And Lamar just has to get Justin Tucker in field goal range, you know? Um, minus nine, I think is a little bit high for this game. When I was thinking about it, going into it, how I really felt about it in my heart, I would have said Baltimore by like six and a half, 
So I was thinking in the same ballpark. Yeah, like I could see the Ravens winning this game by a touchdown. I I think there's some blowout chance per se, per uh some blowout potential there just because of sort of what I mentioned with Houston skill position players. Like Stroud is phenomenal. He's elite. Like Case Keenum said, I think he has potential to be like special, not necessarily greatest of all time special, but special nonetheless. Um, but if he goes into Baltimore and wins this game, that's like, and I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, that's next level legacy stuff. Like if he goes into this house and wins this game against the number one team in the AFC, the team who stopped San Francisco in the regular season by all intents and purposes is and should be the Super Bowl favorite. That's like, that's gotta be the biggest rookie playoff win in, in history. If that happens, um, I think, I think Baltimore should win this game. I'm very interested to see how Lamar does playing in the playoffs again. That is, it is not being talked about enough as a storyline as it should be because he really hasn't been good in the playoffs. Like I, he's what he's won one game. He's like one and three, one and four in the playoffs. I think sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Like even his MVP season, um, that was the year Derrick Henry came into their house and, and beat them as the six. Mm-hmm. So we've seen underdogs do this in Baltimore before we even saw Dallas, who was riding a 16 game home winning streak lose last week. I, I don't think I, I would not count Houston out in this game whatsoever, whatsoever, but I'm still picking Baltimore to win. They should win this game. It's, it's tough for me to go against it because I love Stroud, but Baltimore's defense, man. That's that's why I'm picking the game. And I think Lamar is going to – he has also progressed. I think he will play a little bit better. I don't think he'll be perfect. I think he'll struggle some. But, man, I'm, re- I'm ready for this one. This is, this is the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend for sure. I'm excited too. Um, I, I, will, I will close and I will say that Houston is my pick to win this game. I believe that they will upset Baltimore. Um, to me, I have, um, what the Texans are doing right now, what CJ Stroud's doing right now reminds me of what Joe Burrow did with the Bengals a couple years back mm-hmm. where a team that didn't have a lot of hype coming into the season, won their division a little bit unexpectedly was the four seed got a, got a, the playoff win, but still wasn't taken like too seriously had an elite young quarterback that had burst onto the scene. And I'm not necessarily saying, I think the Texans will go all the way to the Super Bowl, but I get a little bit of the same vibe. I'm going to take Houston in an upset here. I am going to back the quarterback. I think that um, something I took away from the first round of the playoffs last last week is that having the better defense doesn't translate all the time in the playoffs. The whole cliche that defense wins championships isn't necessarily true in today's NFL anymore. CJ Stroud's a rookie, but I trust him to beat the best defense in the NFL. I'm taking the Texans in an upset. Wow. Okay. Already we're split. You- and now, and now every, my Ravens fans uh, who listen to this podcast can clip this and, and, and make me look pretty bad next week if the Ravens steamroll Texans, but I'm, I'm taking Houston in this one. I don't know, man, you were pretty on it in that wild card round. My picks did not do very well. So I would actually be more nervous as a Ravens fan listening to me pick them to win. I, I love <laughs> I love plus nine though. I mean if we if we're getting serious, I don't think that this should be a nine point spread or no, whatever it, it is, be. nine and a half or something right now. So I love that. Uh, you know, at least take that. Like I said, I think 
I think there's some blowout potential there just because of the the biggest talent differential in this game is going to be Houston skill position players versus Baltimore's secondary. That's the most important matchup. If those guys can't get open, if Stroud doesn't have anybody to have these open window throws to, even if he like he's great with pressure in his face, I think Baltimore is going to be able to get home a little bit more um, in this game than Cleveland did against them. But like, I don't think you can count on him playing a clean game if if his guys are covered. They're gonna Bobby Slowick's gonna need to coach a hell of a game, and I think this is a great audition game for him as a head coach. That's something else I had in my notes. Um, a lot of teams are gonna be looking at him. Both of the Ravens coordinators are getting looked at as potential head coaches for next year. There's a lot of talk in this building that a lot of guys, the Ravens will not be back next year, players and coaches for one reason or another. This is sort of their last rodeo together. And Slowick is licking his chops right now thinking, how can I scheme this game around CJ Stroud and the likes of Devin Singletary and and Nico Collins and so on and so on. Um, I'm really stoked for it, but the X's and O's in this game are gonna is, is going to pale in comparison to Packers Niners. We've got Shanahan Lafleur once again. This is like duel of the fates in the NFC. The amount of time Shanahan has ended Lafleur's season at this point in the year, all with Aaron Rodgers. By the way, Jordan Love's got a chance to flip the script. This is like a legacy game for him as well. Another first year starting quarterback. Um, and on the Lions side, you've got expectations to live up to. You've got Brock Purdy there who had himself his own incredible rookie postseason last year. I don't think the warts that Dallas had are going to move their way to the Niners as well. Like, I don't see the faults of, of the Niners being on full display in this game like Dallas's faults we're on full display in their game. Green Bay is going to need to play one hell of a game from start to finish to come out victorious in this one spreads minus nine for the Niners. I think Green Bay is going to be able to put up some points, but I'm more concerned that the Niners are going to be able to put up like 30 to 40. So even that line, I don't necessarily like I'm tempted to, to go Packers plus nine here. But I'm going to go Niners. Niners. I, I think they're going to cover this spread. I, I think they'll win by 10. I don't see it being more than that, but I could see 10. Yeah, th- this is this is tough for me as well. I, 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 I'm giving the Packers a puncher's chance. I will give them a puncher's chance no matter who they play the rest of the way because of who they have a quarterback right now. But I'm concerned. A, a big part of their success last week was the ability to run the football with Aaron Jones. And it's not going to be quite as easy this go around. San Francisco's third in opponent rushing yards per against opponent that is, rushing yards against. That is mainly because though that they're leading most games. They they had the least amount of rushing attempts against in the NFL. So even though they were third stopping the run overall, there were like less rush attempt rush attempts against them as a defense than any other defense in the league. 
Yeah, but I, I still like I still like the guys that they have up there on their defense to stop the ball, like Fred Warner and 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 company like that. And I mean, they are giving up less than ninety yards per game. So your your point is valid about playing from ahead, and a lot of teams have to pass. But um, I'm interested to see if the Packers can can utilize Aaron Jones to the same degree that they did last week against Dallas. I think in and of itself, whether you put credence into that stat uh, for the San Francisco rush defense, can can Green Bay get Aaron Jones involved, um, whether they are playing from ahead or behind? So that'll be um, a key to look for. It, it won't be as easy. I, I agree with uh, with San Francisco and some of the talent that they have on the defensive side of the ball uh, for Jordan Love. But um, you know what? All I'm saying is if he plays like he did against Dallas, they have a chance against anybody. I won't go so far as to pick them to win this game. Although I would say in general, I do think one of the number one seeds is going down. I predicted Baltimore, but I, I think that one of the number one seeds is going down and San Francisco should be on alert. Uh, that's that's all I'll say there. I, I I do think they win the game. I'd like to see this spread at like plus 10. If it, if it was at plus 10, even I'd probably take it. But for me, probably a stay away in this one. Green Bay themselves is not a very good rushing defense. And I think that that is where you know, San Francisco can really exploit things. I mean, Christian McCaffrey should be back healthy for this game. I'd like to see, I'd like to see how things play out there on, on that side of the ball. Um, can San Francisco just run the ball early ground and pound and just take the life out of the green Bay defense? Because I think that the the corners, we talked about them, I thought the corners played pretty well for green Bay last week. Yeah. Jair um, Alexander, even playing banged up, had yeah. that incredible interception in that tight window. That was also, that was, one of the worst run routes I've ever seen from Brandon cooks. That was awful. Yeah. And it, it was a great play. Like you said, from, from Alexander. So I think that that's San Francisco strategy here. They're going to try to run early and often. Like, I don't think that they want Purdy to throw the ball more than 25 times. I think if, if let me say this, if Purdy has to throw the ball more than 25 times, I think green Bay, that means that green Bay is at least like in it to the very end. Yeah. I could see it around the 30 range, just like using the pass as an extension of the run and, and playing off of play action. Um, these are the two most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL this season per the metrics. Like go look at the efficiency numbers. I'm right. It's pretty one. It's love two. I think part of that comes from the schemes that these guys play in and the big brains in charge of them. That's what I'm most looking forward to in this is just seeing how LaFleur and, and Shanahan try to coach against each other. Um, yeah, phenomenal offensive mind. Sorry to interrupt. Green Bay, just before you finish your point, Green Bay 28th overall in rushing defense, 128 yards against per game for their, for their rush defense. So not, not, not too solid when you're facing the likes of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, their defensive EPA numbers are like 22nd, 23rd, something around there. Um, the only thing I will say is that Dallas, <laughs> Dallas only scored a touchdown in the first half and they still put up 32 points and like they sucked on offense for the first 28 minutes of that game. And they still put up 32. And I know a yeah. lot of that was because they were just slinging it the whole second half, trying to get back and, into and it. Yeah, but... and Green Bay's defense is playing prevent. You know, they're just keeping everything in front of them, letting easy catches happen in the second half with the not, lead. Not the whole second half, though. They were trying to play actual defense for some of it. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, they had, like, what, a four-touchdown lead for most of it? I think that they're just playing soft, keep everything in front. 
But like, I would. I mean, how many points are are you gonna have to put up forty again to win this game? You might. I don't know. Nah, if, not 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 quite forty, but Green Bay is gonna have to score in the thirties at least. They're gonna have to score like mid thirties to high thirties yeah, to win. I, I, forty might be a little bit high, but like, yeah. So I don't like know 30, if it 34, is thirty four, thirty five. It depends on the game script. Like, unless San Francisco is doing what you said and they're just trying to run the ball, control the clock, and it turns into a lower scoring game because of that, which you may have some merit to it. But even then, I still still think Green Bay is going to need. 30 points to win regardless. Like, I don't see this yeah. being a defensive shootout unless teams really just start struggling in, in the red area. Um, but we're both in agreement. The, the Niners are, are winning this game here. I, I got the Niners and the Niners are my Super Bowl pick. I'm a little bit more concerned about this matchup, seeing how good love is played, but um, I'm not wavering off of my Super Bowl pick. I'm stinking. I'm staying with San Francisco. We both went Rams not last week. Is this a, is this a death sentence for the 49ers? I feel like it could be. Well, I feel like a lot of people are probably going San Francisco here. Um, so uh, I don't know. You know, fifth and <laughs> fifth and long has had their jinxes over over the past couple months. So Love I would that. be I'd be aware. I, I like I'll say this about San Francisco. One last thing. Um, I'm sure their fans are are like more worried than they were like i'm sure that yeah you, know, you don't they, feel I'm comfortable sure, going into this b- anymore b- before before the dallas green bay game transpired they probably would have signed up to play the packers just because that was the team with the worst record and the worst seed but if you took a poll now of how they felt i'm sure I'm, i don't think as many fans would say oh yeah let's sign up for for a matchup with green bay like i'll go ahead and say it i think love is the best quarterback in this matchup Agreed. Agreed. I, I said I think he's the best quarterback left in the NFC. I know you said golf, but I obviously agree with you on that. Speaking of golf, Lions are favored by six and a half against Tampa Bay. This is a battle of two former number one overall picks, by the way, Jared Goff Indeed. and Baker Mayfield. I forgot about that. I totally forgot Jared Goff was a former number one overall pick. Sure I was, was happily reminded of that. Um, you remember what school he went to, right? Yeah, Cal. Very good. The Very home good. of Aaron Rodgers as well. Very good. Yep. Um, huge opportunity for Detroit. They're going to have, I think, an even better atmosphere this game than they did in the last one with a potential conference championship appearance on the line. I actually have some like slight sort of inclination to thinking that a Packers Lions NFC championship game wouldn't would be, that be would, something? Yeah, like that would be kind of fun if imagine. In that last month of the season, we had a preview of the NFC Conference Championship twice. Um, however, I'm not discounting Baker and, and the Bucks from this game. I think they showed you that even though Philly had some um, offensive inconsistencies that we sort of talked about in this game, I think they had a great defensive game plan drawn up. The physicality that they played with in that game, I think, will translate to Detroit. They're not going to be afraid to hit people. Levante David is going to be laying the boom. Um, Vita Vea is an incredible defensive fourth force in the middle. Detroit's not just going to be able to run straight up the middle like they like to. They're going to have to come up with some creative stuff on outside runs, pulling guys, whatever, which to Dan Campbell's credit, that that's kind of what he's best at. I still have Detroit winning this game, but it's not something I feel comfortable with this is this is my uncomfortable game this is the one 
I feel like I could get burned on because the grit that Baker's played with, man. And and also like I I don't know. I didn't trust the Lions last week and it bit me in the ass. So I'm gonna trust them this week and say they win and cover. But I think that Tampa has a better chance to win and upset this game than most of the other divisional underdogs do. And it's reflected in the spread. Um, like I, I could see this. If this is a game where Mike Evans has like 12 catches for like 160 yards and two touchdowns, Tampa wins, you know? Um, I mean, you're right in the sense that, you know, looking at the Vegas odds that uh, of the big dogs, obviously excluding Kansas City Buffalo, because that's a much more even matchup of the the big underdogs. Yeah. I mean, in theory, they're, they have the best chance because it's the smallest number to cover. But I personally... I think Detroit is going to ride the high from last week. I think that oh, there will be emotion running high once again. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I think that they are going to absolutely blow the doors off of Tampa. I like, I'm talking like potential 30 point win. I think that there is nothing stopping these guys. There is, there's not a notion. I don't think that there was any satisfaction in that win last week. I, I think that everybody basked in the glory of winning f- for the first time in 30 years, a playoff game that is, but I think everybody's mindset is set on something bigger. That's getting, you know, winning in the NFC going to the super bowl, ultimately winning the super bowl. Um, it will be a challenge for them to run the football. I agree against Vita Vea and that defensive front for Tampa Bay, who always has a good rush defense. But I would say, like, they didn't light things up on the ground in the game against the Rams. I think Montgomery had, like, 50 yards. Gibbs had maybe 25. Yeah, so they, they weren't, weren't really relying on the running game. They were just yeah. throwing it. I, Jared Goff made the plays when he needed to. I fully expect him to do that again uh, this week. I think Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a uh, monster game, 100 yards and a touchdown against Tampa Bay in their first matchup earlier this week or earlier this year. I think he has another big game. Look for Sam Laporta as well. I, I just think it's too much. That that city is behind that team so much. That is going to be a raucous crowd. Home venue, I, I really just, you know, like not considering stats or, or facts as much, just pure emotion. I don't see how you can stop this Detroit team right now, at least at home. Well, they did face each other in week six. Detroit won that game 20 to six. Um, Goff threw for 353 yards in that one with a pair of TDs. And looking into that game as well, um, I mean, Baker was not at his best either. Like 19 to 37, 206 yards interception. Um, this was this was a different Bucks team than than the one that picked up some steam offensively the tail end of the year. But yeah, now I'm starting to see things more from your side. Um, what did St. Brown do in that that first game? If you've got the stats in front of you, I know he had a monster game. That twelve game well. for one twenty four and a touchdown. There you go. I, I'm expecting a huge day out of him as well. Um, I, he had it. We didn't really talk about him in the game against the Rams. He had over a hundred yards in that one. He's been awesome all year. Yeah. He's so consistent. So yeah, consistent. Dude. Like I one of love that guy. One of the best fantasy football wide receivers you can have too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just can't. Like I can't see how invigorated that that franchise is, that fan base is, and and, and take them 
to to lose or not cover this upcoming week. Maybe I'm getting caught up too much in the emotion of it, but I got Detroit in a route. You want to know something? I feel like an idiot for giving Dallas my highest confidence rating last week in our wild card uh-huh. confidence meter. I should have given it to Detroit. I should have given it to Detroit. Yeah. We were both so low on them. And- yeah, hindsight's 2020. I mean, I, I I fall on the same thing too. Like I've I'm done a 180 on them now. A part of that is because I thought they were gonna lose their first their first round matchup. And I mean it granted it was a coin flip. Like I said, I don't think that we were stupid for taking the Rams in that one. Um, right. I think the Ram, the Rams gave them a far more competitive game than Tampa Bay is going to be capable of giving them this week is, is also how I'm looking at it. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that point. Okay. Let's move on to chiefs bills. This is, this is the matchup everybody is looking at this week. Um, I did say earlier that Houston Baltimore is my favorite matchup of the week. I'm still going to stick by that. However, this would be my second favorite. <laughs> There's some great games this week. Even like, even Bucks Lions could be kind of fun. Um, but this game, this is what we're all looking forward to: a Week 14 rematch from when Buffalo beat Kansas City 20 to 17 in Arrowhead. This is Mahomes' first ever true road playoff game. So he's yeah, had a, that's something. That's something. It's nuts. He's yeah. had a few Super Bowls where they've been the road team, but. This is the first ever time he's playing a playoff game in a road NFL stadium. Um, that's a real testament to how dominant that team has been, actually, if you think about it. Like, this is year five, year six in the league for him, something like that. So it's his, um, it'll be his sixth year starting. I think technically his seventh year, because remember, he sat behind Alex Smith. For a year, they've been to five straight AFC championship or they've hosted five straight AFC championship games. So this would be his sixth year playing his seventh year in the league, technically. Yes, that is correct. That's absurd to me, though. Um, That's like that's some Tom Brady shit right there, if you think about it. And I, I'm saying that as a Brady guy. Um, I will oh, we, also. We know you're a Brady guy, Patrick. Yeah, you see the flag back here. <laughs> I will say, though. uh. To that point, Mahomes has to win like eight Super Bowls at least for me to give him the edge over Brady and also break every single passing record because Brady has seven Super Bowls and also has the head-to-head Super Bowl win against Pat Mahomes. They went three and three against each other all time. What, why are why are we talking about Tom Brady here? <laughs> I'm just going off in a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's still like Mahomes has to win eight Super Bowls to beat Brady. That's my hill I will die on like forever. Um Talking about this game against the Bills, Mahomes versus Allen, another playoff edition. Allen has yet to beat him in the playoffs. Buffalo is going to be missing several key defensive players. I talked about that a little bit when we were recapping the uh, the game against the Steelers. AJ Klein was their defensive uh, signal caller, essentially not like from the sidelines, but the guy getting the play calls relayed into his headset. He's been on the team since last Thursday when they signed him out of retirement. <laughs> he's he's a practice squad player, like their sixth string linebacker. Uh, he recorded 11 tackles in the in the game, by the way, something he'd only done once before in his career. But Buffalo's defense is so banged up, and I don't know how the hell they're going to cover these Chiefs receivers. I kind of believe in them as a as a home team here. The spread minus three is really like 
this is Vegas really saying like, go ahead. Don't bet on Mahomes as an underdog. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like I dare you not to, or even I dare you to do it. I am perplexed by this line. I feel scared going either way as a sports enjoyer. I just want to watch as a better. I'd be terrified on either side of it. I think, I think I'm leaning bills by a hair, but I don't know. Like I might be more chiefs. I, I kind of like what Allen has been doing recently. I feel like he's playing in some ways the worst, least efficient football of his career, but in other ways he's playing the best on this just stretch right now. And I think the single best asset any team has at their disposal currently is Josh Allen's legs for Buffalo. Like what they can do with that and turn it into a weapon is it's hard to replicate. And it, the weather is going to be crazy in this game again. Um, I don't think Buffalo is going to struggle as much as Miami did. I think they're going to give KC a real, real chance, a really solid swing. But in the end, it's I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. So I'm taking – I feel like not taking Kansas City. If this was three and a half, I don't think about it twice, and i probably roll with it. But with it being three on the dot, I'm a little less um, confident. So I, I think I'm going to go Mahomes plus three here. I don't really want to. Well, but you I just wait a second. I, I got to clarify your pick. I thought you said that you were you had a, were leaning bills by a slight hair. Now you're going Mahomes. So did you talk yourself out of it? I talked myself out of it on the spot, but you could even talk me back into like bills again. I, like I said, this is the one I want to stay away from. I have, I'm not giving a definitive pick here. And it's because I don't feel definitively about the game either way. I think these teams are very evenly matched both in their strengths and in their flaws, you know? Yeah, so I'm going to take a, a weird – I'm, I'm going to have, I guess, maybe a, an odd opinion or what people aren't thinking about this game. Whoever has the better game between James Cook and Isaiah Pacheco, that will determine who wins this football game. Ooh, I like that. Um, I like if that. If you look back at their first matchup earlier in the year, um, I believe Pacheco was hurt in this game, um, or he didn't play for some reason because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire led the, led the backfield for Kansas City with 11 carries for 39 yards. On the flip side, for Buffalo in their first meeting, James Cook had 10 carries for 58 yards, so solid average, um, but they didn't use him extensively in the ground game. I think that there will be a more concerted effort um, for both teams to utilize their run game and try to take some of the pressure off of their, their star quarterbacks. Um, can Which offense can stay balanced more? Which offense is you know not just going to drop back and throw it 40, 50 times, I think will be huge. These teams are right next to each other in terms of opponent rush yards against 15th and 16th Buffalo and Kansas city are allowing roughly 110 yards per game to the opposition, which offensive line can create more holes for their running back. I think will be huge set up play action, um, allow for easier throws for their quarterbacks later in the game. Look for that. Who has the better game? James cook or Isaiah Pacheco will determine the outcome of this game. Maybe not determine the outcome because the quarterbacks are so talented, but whoever has the better day on the ground, Cook or Pacheco, their team will win the football game. But I can't, I can't necessarily call it myself. I think even though Buffalo has Allen's running ability at their disposal, I think Kansas City has the 
better offensive weapons across the board, which is crazy saying that, but with the emergence of Rice and Pacheco, I feel like I can't go away from them. And we talked about the health in question of, of Buffalo's defense. I love your Pacheco and Cook take. I think those two guys are definitely going to be huge keys in the game. Just as big for each team's success as their quarterbacks, I would say. However, I am desperately hoping for another frantic last-minute shootout between these two gunslingers trading tutties in the last two, three minutes of the game. I would love that. Um, I don't know if we'll get yeah. it, but I would love it. I, I think Kansas City's defense is a lot, it's a lot tougher than people are going to be giving them credit and um the bills are going to have to play I, both teams are going to have to play their best football to beat the other you know like well yeah i mean it's it's playoff time dude i defense definitely does go to kansas city um i i disagree with you though about uh collective skill position guys i i think buffalo's got uh, a little bit better if you look at all of their skill guys um not by a wide margin i know rasheed rice had a huge day last week, but, and I know Stefan Diggs hasn't really done much over the back few weeks and he didn't really do much in the playoffs. Knox and, the and Keen are both really good. Like those two guys, the combo of them at tight end reminds me a little bit of Kincaid. The, you mean? Yeah. 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 yeah sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kincaid and, uh, and Knox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kincaid's really, really talented. I like him a lot as a rookie tight end. That was the other guy I was going to bring up. So why did I um, say Dalton Keen? Jeez. Uh, yeah. I don't know where that came from. And then, uh, like, look for also Khalil Shakir to make a play or two. Yeah, there. He's, yeah. he seems to be involved in their offense. He's over a the big past play few guy as, as well. So um, he's so like the smaller yeah. Russian egg doll of Gabe Davis. Yeah, I guess you could say that. And maybe Gabe Davis will be back for this game as well, too. So that's something to to monitor as he missed the Steeler game. I like the Bills' skill guys a little bit better, top to bottom, than Kansas City's. But I like Kansas City's defense a little bit better, um, considering Buffalo is a little bit banged up, like you said. I, I, you know, I don't know. We're going to split hairs the whole time here. Um, if you're going to lean chiefs plus three, I'll lean bills minus three just to be different than you. But again, like I don't feel so strongly one way or the other. I feel like this game is set up perfectly for Allen and the bills to flip the script against Mahomes. Like if I go back and I think to, I know I'm going back to Brady here, but I have to because that is kind of the standard of this success level that we've seen from Mahomes early in, in his career. Don't laugh at me. It's listen, I'm giving merit to this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying not to laugh, but so if I think back to the first times where Brady started struggling in his career on the road in the playoffs, remember the early Pats dynasties, that first Super Bowl game he had to play on the road, uh, of that stretch was the first year they won but drew Bledsoe played that afc championship game on the road in pittsburgh not brady brady wasn't healthy brady couldn't play Bledsoe was the guy who who played the game um then after that you don't get to another road playoff game till like 05 06 even i think it was 06 against the colts in the afc championship game where famously we go for it on fourth and two and we and we don't get it and we lose um in our own end by the way, I think it was at our own like 20 or 30 something yard line, whatever. Um, analytics have changed a lot since then. Some coaches might still go for it now, but anyways, Dan Campbell would. Yeah. Dan Campbell would. Um, Brady, when he had to start playing a lot of road playoff games, he was doing it in Denver. 
against Peyton Manning, his greatest adversary, which I would argue outside of Brady, Allen is probably Mahomes' greatest foe in the league, right? You could make a case for Burrow as well, I think, but like your gut immediate raw reaction is going to be to say Josh Allen. And Brady struggled in Denver for the longest time. Really cold weather. Not not like New England wasn't a cold weather place either, right? It's not like it was totally unfamiliar territory, but it was cold weather, right? Great fans, okay? Great quarterback and a good head coach and some tough physical players on, on the outside and on the defense, the ones that are left at least. Ed Oliver is still there. Mike and, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer are still there for safety. So I think the top half of the defense is going to be gone. The, Mahomes and Kansas City, they're going to have to find a way to attack the Bills in the middle of the field and to the boundaries like immediately, basically. Um, so I, I, I'm still leaning Chiefs here, but I think there has not been a better time in Josh Allen's career to beat Mahomes than this one. Like I, I, I think I'm betting on Mahomes only because history tells me I would be a fool to bet against him. Um, but I think there's a really good chance Buffalo wins this game. They have the best chance of winning this game than any other team, any other, uh, well, they're the favorite, but I would say like, I would like, I'm surprised Kansas city isn't the favorite in this game. I think Buffalo's just getting the three points because they're at home. I think if it was at Arrowhead, it would be flipped to three the other way. Oh, well, I agree on that. Um, that's, you know, home field uh, taking a, taking its course there. Uh, to be honest with you, Patrick, uh, you made some good points there, but uh, I, I could tell just in your analysis of this game that <laughs> I don't even know who you think's going to win. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I just can't bet against Mahomes, and that's, yeah, that's no, going to be my I get that. And, immediate and, and, fallback. And I'm 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 with it as well. So um, not certainly not a game I'd be betting on either side. Uh, I guess I'll give Buffalo a slight lean just because they're at home. Should be a great one. I'm looking forward to it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so we're together on San Fran and Detroit winning their games. Right. And then we are split on Houston, Baltimore and Kansas city, Buffalo real quick. If if it, it does wind up San Fran, Detroit. Okay. So this is purely hypothetical. Are you still leaning Niners in that game or, or would you? Yes. Okay. So, so you still have not faulted whatsoever. Not, for, Niners, for the Niners. Not, Niners are my Super Bowl pick. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with them. I still think they're the best roster top to bottom in the NFL. Well, my cow, the, my Cowboys, the Cowboys were my pick to represent the NFC. They're no longer in the NFC. So for the sake of the show, I'm going to give, um, I'm not, my pick was wrong, but if I had to pick who comes from here on out, uh, out of the NFC, I'm going Detroit. I believe in the Lions, man. I believe in the Lions. And that right there is the official death sentence for, for Detroit. Now they're now they'll lose to Tampa Bay this weekend. Um I don't know, man. Something about that spirit and in that building and in the city. That got me a little bit. I uh that's gonna be tough to to go against as well. They're playing, they're playing with their heart on their sleeves. Like it. Like it. Can't fault you there with how they're playing. Any final thoughts? Anything you're you're really especially looking forward to seeing this weekend from all the games? Um, I just I hope top to bottom the games are a little bit more competitive than we saw this past weekend uh, in the in the Super Wild Card weekend. 
ultimately looking for good quarterback play again, particularly in that Kansas City Buffalo game. Next chapter in that that Mahomes Allen rivalry that you talked about. Um, and then other than that, like I'm looking forward to seeing how the Detroit crowd comes out again. Um, I think that they'll be fired up once again. I love that we're going to get like a second, you know, kind of a sequel to to the atmosphere that we saw last week against the Rams. Might not be quite the same thing just because, you know, that the, obviously we talked about the game this past week had the whole Stafford coming back to Detroit thing going um, that we don't have this weekend. But I think that crowd's going to be rocking again. So looking forward to seeing the Detroit crowd and then that Kansas City Buffalo duel. Two things I'm most looking forward to. Do you think we will for the first time ever see Jason Kelsey and Taylor Swift sharing a uh, a suite together? Uh, you would have to think, right? Um, you'd have to think that Jason would be up there because Donna Kelsey's up there as well. So um, I'd imagine he might be, although, I mean, he is a family man. I think that there's, you know, I don't know if his whole family's going to make the trip to to Buffalo. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure how that dynamic would work. So he might opt to stay with his family. That's just something for the interwebs, like things I'm trying to predict that that will go viral on Twitter. Uh, let me say this. If he does, if he does go to the game, um, he will be, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll share the box. His mom's up there. I'm sure he'll want to be with her. Fifth and long fans. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. You can find more fifth and long related content on Twitter at fifth and long or on Instagram and YouTube at fifth and long pod. Some huge games this weekend that Paul and I are really looking forward to. The Super Bowl is now right around the corner. March Madness fastly approaching as well. Major League Baseball season will be starting up shortly after that. A lot of cool things on the way for the fifth and long podcast, among other things. Among other things. So, enjoy the games this weekend. If your team is still playing, best of luck to you. We'll catch you next week right here on the fifth and long podcast.